This is Ken. Hey, this is Cal. And we are Not, Not at Oz. Hey, how you doing, Cal? Doing good. How's it going? Good. How you been, man? Seems like you've been gone forever. Yeah, I've uh, I've been in a galaxy far, far away. Really? Well, that's pretty crazy. Where at? Yeah, uh, for my birthday, Teresa and I went down to Galaxy's Edge at Disney in Florida. So managing chaos was managing Galaxy's Edge, the Star Wars theme park in Florida, Disney. Yeah, it was good. It was a lot less chaos to manage, though, as we left the kids at home. This was a a parent-only vacation, which was well-needed. Absolutely. I didn't even know that uh, Teresa liked Star Wars. Oh, she hates it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She absolutely hates it. This is so the vacation was kind of multi-pronged. We we got down to Florida and went to check out Galaxy's Edge for a day, and then after that, we jumped on a cruise, which that was Teresa's vacation. Um, She just dealt with Star Wars Day beforehand. Um, No, she's actually never seen the movies. She, I was able to talk her into going to see Rise of Skywalker, the newest and last uh, movie of the Skywalker saga. And she slept through about half of it. So, no, she's not a Star Wars fan at all. But, in the end, we'll find out that uh, she actually didn't mind Galaxy's Edge at all. She enjoyed herself. Okay. All right, that's awesome. Got some questions for you then. Let's talk about Galaxy's Edge. Are you ready? Oh, I've been ready. Okay. Let's see. The first thing I have to ask you is, it's part of Disney, or is it separate? Do you pay a separate price? How does that work? So, Disney is broken up into the different parks, right? Like, you have Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, um, Hollywood Studios. So, Disney's already broken up into different, like, pay sections. Um, But this is actually part of Hollywood Studios. So, when you go to Hollywood Studios, it is included in that price. Okay. Well, give me some of your first thoughts about going in. Disney is known as being an experience, so I can only imagine how fantastic uh, this had to be. Yeah, it was an experience, and um, I've never been to anything like it, right? Like, I've, I've been to Disneyland a couple times, and I, I always have fun, but I never really understood the magic because it wasn't for me, right? I've never been a big Disney person. I don't not like the Disney movies, I guess, but they just weren't f- my type of movies. Um, but walking into Galaxy's Edge, I kind of felt that Disney magic, um, and it made it feel like an experience. So when you go in... Um, you walk into a mountain almost that it's like a cave tunnel that you walk through in a big gate and it's maybe 50 yards long once you get through that that tunnel you're in galaxy's edge um is the name of the park they say that you're on a planet called batu um and once you get through that threshold that's that's all you see any direction you look you can't see anything that's not star wars you can't see any disney employees that aren't in character you are in star wars no Mickey Mouse, uh, no Disney anything. Um, if you didn't know Disney owned Star Wars, you wouldn't be able to tell that you're in Disneyland or Disney World. Now, what land did they say that you're in? Planet. It's planet. Uh, the planet of Batu. B-A-T-U-U, I believe. Is that from one of the movies? So, I could be wrong. I don't think it's part of the movies. I think it's part of the extended universe. Like, I think... Um, the whole idea of Galaxy's Edge is in one of the books, from my understanding. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, they just opened up in August of 2019, and you went in January? Yeah, so they opened up 
August 29th, 19, we went January 6th, I believe, um, of 2020. So they'd been open about four months. I picked the good time to go because when they first opened, they actually only opened with only one ride. And by the time I made it, the second ride had opened. They had a second ride open on December 5th. So I got lucky. Okay, well, let's talk about the rides. You said there's two rides and I'm sure about a 15 minute wait time, right? Well, no, you can just walk right on, actually. So you can just ride them as many times as you want in the day. Okay, I think we're living that Disney fantasy. What do you think? Yeah, so they have two rides. Um, they The first ride that we jumped on and the original ride to the park is called Smuggler's Run, which is the Millennium Falcon-based ride. We went actually off-season, like I said, January 5th, so after all the kiddos went back to school. So you'd think it'd be downtime, right? As soon as the park opened, we went right there. So gates opened, we walked right in to get in line for Smuggler's Run, uh, the Millennium Falcon ride. And when we got in line, the line wrapped around the park, and they said it was a three-hour wait. <laughs> wow. Now, yeah. did it take three hours or not? No, um, we only ended up being in line probably about two hours. I think we did it right by going there first, because everything that you, we walked through, like I said, the the line kind of wrapped through the entire park so since we didn't see anything yet the two hours kind of went by quick because the line was constantly moving and we were walking through the park so as we were standing in line i was taking pictures of it i was sending you pictures of it and so it wasn't like a boring it wasn't cedar point where you're just out in the blistering sun for two hours staring at the person in front of you so it wasn't too bad and for those that don't know what cedar point is it's a ohio theme park we're up here in the michigan area people know what cedar point is a lot of our uh, listeners are from India, Germany, Scotland, so maybe not. Okay. <laughs> hey, well, tell us about the millennial, uh, millenni- Millennium Falcon. The Millennial Falcon. What, what are you trying to do here? Uh, smugglers Run. The way I understand it, what I read about, it involves teamwork. It's a ride with teamwork. Yeah, so the idea is that you and your crew are piloting the Millennium Falcon. So when you go in, you're in a group of six people and one person, I'm sorry, I think every pair shares a job. So there is the engineer, the gunner, and the pilots. Um, and then you walk into the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon and everybody's got little buttons to push, levers to pull, and like they're lighting up and then that's your job. So Teresa and I were engineers and we had um, buttons all around us and as they were lighting up, we just had to smash the buttons. I don't know how much of effect it has on the ride, but it's just kind of, it's cool. You're meant to be part of the team. And actually I found out since I've gone that the ride has an Easter egg. So when you go on the ride, um, you're being directed by like a space smuggler pirate type guy and he's yelling at you, giving you orders, telling you what to do. And I found that if you have a team of six people that you go in with and everybody presses the right button combination, instead of having the, the pirate, you have Chewbacca yelling at you the whole time. Awesome. Which actually, I, I heard that if you're going the first time, you don't want to do that because you can't understand what Chewbacca's saying, so it kind of takes away from the ride. Oh, okay. Well, now, is this a roller coaster, or what is the actual experience? No, think back to, um, do you remember, like, the Back to the Future ride uh, from Universal Studios? Yeah, with the big screen and uh, Yeah, so you hydraulic. jump in the car. Yep, 
Yep, with the screens all around you and the, the cars bouncing up and down. This is the same kind of idea. Gotcha. Um, so I don't, I don't think the actual thing is moving. So it's all videos and monitors. It's, it's cool. With the pushing of the buttons and everything kind of leads into a listener question. We had a question from Chuck. He was just talking about the experience for kids or adults. Now, you didn't take your kids. Is it still something that your kids would get into? Would they be able to push the buttons and pull the levers and all that? And what do you think about just you without the kids? Yeah, so it's definitely for kids. Um, There were tons of kids there. I I think Star Wars has gotten to the point that such a large age gap has watched it that it's kind of for everybody, right? So you watched Star Wars as a kid when it was coming out, and then you gave me those movies as I was a kid, and now my kids are watching the cartoons. They haven't really gotten to the movies yet. But I think um, it's just been such an impactful series for so long now. I think everybody can have fun there. I honestly, as much as I love my kids, I'm glad I went the first time without them because then (laughs) I could kind of nerd out for myself and not have to worry about them. And it was kind of a, a me thing, which was nice. But yeah, we're actually talking about getting the kids there um, by the end of this year, hopefully. But I've kind of put a condition in place. They have to sit through all the movies before we go. So it, it's like like you said, it's an experience. So I want them to be able to experience and appreciate it and see how cool it is. With you already being there uh, once, you'll have a little inside info and be able to help them with the experience, it sounds like. Oh yeah, and you know, before I went, I watched so many YouTube videos leading up to it that I felt ready for the experience. Like I wanted to make sure I didn't miss out on anything and um Teresa kind of planned this vacation for my birthday so she kind of did the same thing going into it she planned out a couple of the experiences that had she not got ahead of the game on it we wouldn't have been able to do um so that was very cool yeah well it doesn't surprise me at all that Teresa planned it but what really surprises me is that you actually knew where you was going because that's kind of how it works out with you is uh she plans it and you get up in the morning and you pack a suitcase and find out where you're headed yeah, I'm a very easygoing person when it comes to vacations, right? Like, I don't care. <laughs> if there's a place that has beer and the sun and it's warm, I'm okay. Take okay. me there. Doesn't Nothing else matters. Absolutely. Unless hey, you okay. put me on the Millennium Falcon and then that's a win. Then it's a win for sure. Hey, what's the second ride? You said there was another one that had just opened up? Yeah, so the one that had just opened up in December is called Rise of the Resistance, which again, that's a ride, but it's more of an experience as well. I would say, and it was probably the coolest attraction I've ever seen in my life for anything. You know, you get on a roller coaster after you wait in line for three hours and it's over in two minutes, right? This this attraction from start to finish, from the time the, the ride begins for you, is an eight minute long attraction so it takes time which i i thought it was awesome but to start from the beginning of it that because it takes so much time they can only funnel so many people through in a day so you actually have to get um what they're calling uh boarding groups right now when you get into the park you have to download an app and then get assigned a boarding group and then that will tell you at what point during the day that you get to go and take part in the ride so you'll see people in disneyland now it opens up at 7 a.m people are getting there at 6 30 in the morning waiting for the park to open just so they can get in line for this ride on their app the park has to be open and you have to be on the property before it will let you join a boarding group so you'll see people that will go to galaxy's edge and if they didn't know about that ahead of time they're not riding that ride and that's kind of a bummer 
bummer. And I, I even watched a couple of YouTube videos where people were going and getting on their boarding group and they were videotaping everybody around them and you could see the people getting disappointed with how high of a number their boarding group was. Because even though they cut off the boarding groups at a certain point, if you're in boarding group 100, uh, there's a good chance that you're not getting on the ride that day, which is a huge bummer. But, and then on top of that, I, I thought it was kind of a bummer that they didn't have the ride going when the park opened, right? I have a, a close friend of mine that went to Galaxy's Edge in like late November and he went and didn't get to experience the coolest part of it. So I thought that was kind of a bummer. Once your boarding uh, group gets called, ours got called probably about 4.30, 5 o'clock, then it's time to go get actually get in line. There's still a line after the boarding group. <laughs> um, so that's just your turn to go get in line. But the line for this was not that bad. Maybe a half hour tops. And the whole time you're like walking through a cave. The cave that you're walking into is a rebel resistance um like base so you're walking in and you're seeing cages with blaster rifles in them and droids so it's it doesn't feel like you're in line you know you get on and it's just basically a whole show um i don't want to drop too many spoilers and i would not recommend watching youtube videos of it because it kind of would take away from the experience but man as a star wars fan for so many years there is i remember i'll never forget one door to the ride opened up there were about i don't know 100 200 stormtroopers standing there and my jaw just dropped um so it's lots of moments like that now those uh storm uh troopers were the real ones or on the screen or did it look real or how'd that work so from what I understand, it's um, a mix. So they're all physically there, um, but it's a mix between models and statues, and some of them are people. So I, I would imagine if there's 200 there, probably 190 of them are mannequins. Um, but their heads are moving around, and it, it feels real. You wouldn't question it. And it's it's cool if you think back to the movies, um, like if they're on the Death Star or whatever, and they have the big uh, like launch bay that looks like the giant window into space, and you can see spaceships out there. It's it's They're all standing right in front of one of those. So it feels like you've kind of stepped onto the Death Star. It's amazing. Great. Hey, uh, another listener question. It's a fellow podcaster. This is from Angelica, and she has a podcast called A Little Bit of Everything with me. She wanted to know, is there any bars? Yeah. Well, there's one bar, and there's two different places to get alcohol. Um, so the bar is called Oga's Cantina, which, again, that's something that you have to sign up to make sure that you can get in that day. Um, we did not sign up for it, but we were able to wait in line and get in. But once we got in, it was standing room only. But it was cool. We were kind of able to belly right up to the bar and stand there and order some drinks. And you walk in, and you're in a Star Wars cantina. Like If you think back to the very first movie where uh, Luke and Obi-Wan go into the bar on that first planet, and uh, it's just full of aliens, and everything behind the bar looks intergalactic, and... It's just really, really cool. Like it feels like you're in a Star Wars bar, and they have a, a droid DJ playing music, and the music sounds just like um, if you remember back to Jabba's Palace from the third movie, uh, like the jazzy type music. That kind of music's going in the background, and all the drinks, even down to the beer, are all Star Wars themed and kind of crazy. Like Teresa's drink was like this neon green drink with black salt around the rim. It's just. It's just so cool. And then even down to how you pay for things in the bar. And this is kind of the, all the across Galaxy's free? Edge. 
Like, no, the drinks no, no. Aren't free. Come on. I think we spent like 40, 45 bucks for two drinks. Wow. It, it's not a bar that you're going to stay in for very long. But again, it's the experience, you know? But even down to paying for it, you, you don't pay with money, you pay in credits. Which, oh, really? <laughs> one credit's a dollar, but you'll never hear anybody say a dollar. Everything's credits. Throughout, I think there are two different spots in Galaxy's Edge, or maybe just the one. Um, but you can get blue milk. Do you remember the blue milk from the movies? I think I do. Now they don't really discuss blue milk. He just drinks it. Is that is that kind of what it is? Or yeah. So in the in the first movie, you get to see blue milk, and then in the, in episode eight, um, you get to see him drinking green milk, and they have both of those there. And the the blue milk had kind of been a joke in the Star Wars community, even. Um, Family Guy did a full parody of the original three movies, and the first one is called Blue Harvest, and it's just this big blue milk joke. But it's cool. It's like this, almost like a slushy, fruity drink, and uh, you can get it regular or you can get it mixed in with alcohol. Um, I got mine pretty early in the morning, so I wasn't spending 15 bucks on it, so I got mine without alcohol, but it's still good. Oh, okay. Well, when you said it was early in the morning, I didn't know which way you was going to go with that. I thought you was going to say, so you made it a double. No, no, no. (laughs) Okay, did you um, have any food? I think I heard there's five different places for food. Yeah, um, I couldn't afford to eat five different times there. Um, I made it to one, I think it was called like Bay 17 or something like that is where we had lunch. Don't quote me on that, but it's Bay something or something or another. And it felt like you were walking into a warehouse. Again, all their dishes are meant to be like spaced themed. Ultimately, mine was like fried chicken with macaroni and cheese, but it it just kind of, it looked cool, I guess. And then the other place we went for lunch is a place called Ronto's roasters is really cool in the in the out in like the common area of the restaurant they had one of the giant engines from one of the pod racers from episode one. Oh yeah yeah um and it was turned on its side and hanging from the ceiling and then it had a droid sitting there cooking an alien on it like a spit almost and that was meant to be your ronto wrap that you were getting which was essentially a um it was a hot dog and a pita with some coleslaw on it. It was actually really good, but again, just some more immersion stuff. And then um, they have Coca-Cola products in the park. All the the pop comes in little. They're they look like grenades. They're called thermal detonators. Uh, if you think back to uh, Return of the Jedi, remember when Leia walks into Jabba's hut and she's trying to um, free Han and she's dressed like a bounty hunter? Yes. She yep. has that ball in her hand that she yep. turns on. It's called a thermal detonator. It's like basically a grenade. And that's all the pop comes in like a, or soda for anybody not in Michigan. There you go. Um, the soda comes in uh, a bottle that looks like a thermal detonator. So that's cool. That's cool. wonder if that's only available in the park can't get anywhere else i thought i neither of us drink uh soda at all but i almost bought a couple just to take home and then i was like ah, am i really gonna try to fight through security hey let me ask you about uh black spire outpost that's something i read online what is all that yeah so the way i understand it and uh by all means if anybody out there wants to correct me the way i think it is is like that's kind of the shopping area on batu that's where like a lot of the restaurants are um, and all the like the gift shops, which even the gift shops are down to immersion and are very cool. Like when you walk in, it's not like you buy 
it's they're not selling t-shirts with darth vader on it right they're selling merchandise that looks like it was handmade on the planet right like they're selling wooden dolls and hand-stitched dolls they're selling like jedi robes and that kind of stuff to where again it's meant to feel like you're on that planet shopping i'm sure nobody would want to correct you on any of this that we're talking about with star wars because people don't get into it but if they do do that if if they do they can call kel at uh 810 uh no no just kidding stop it (laughs) stop it hey uh one of the biggest experiences there they have two one is you get to build a droid and another one you can build a lightsaber buddy of mine i told you his family took him he's a grown man but took him and his kids took 17 people and paid for everything holy cow now with just your experience imagine how much that costs oh goodness well i think you said you had to take the mortgage to your house there's a bank there place so yeah. that you can mortgage your house took the deed to my house keys to my truck and i i meant to tell you like i i didn't take any of the kids to galaxy's edge like they didn't make it inside the park okay but they were a part of the payment unfortunately i did have to give away the firstborn okay but i got in the gate you know yep dressed her up like a princess and she's now working over in the magic kingdom creating magic is what creating they call magic. it not working yes no yeah creating magic oh yeah <laughs> that's um, how they get away away from uh child slavery yeah true they're creating um, magic buddy built the droids and you did the lightsaber can you talk about that yeah so this was what Teresa lined up for me for my birthday present and this is one of the coolest things ever it's something that if you do not plan ahead and get signed up for it months in advance, you're not going to do it because they literally can only get so many people through it in a day. You get a time zone or a time slot that you go and that's your time for the day and you kind of got to plan your day around it. But I got to go and build a lightsaber. One of the shop that you go to is this little building called Savi's Workshop. It's part of the immersion, right? So you're on this planet that is overtaken by the Empire. So you see stormtroopers walking around, you see Kylo Ren, and they're kind of like policing the place. So because the Empire's taken over, they don't want Jedi around, they don't want you building <laughs> lightsabers. So you, if you ask, like, hey, where am I supposed to go to build a lightsaber? Nobody's going to answer you. Everybody will act like they don't know what you're talking about. But they might say, hey, um, you might be interested in the scrap shop around the corner up there and that ends up being the workshop you go and you get to pick one of four different styles of lightsaber and that's going to determine the equipment they give you to build the lightsaber so you can pick peace and justice which if you pick peace and justice you get parts to build a lightsaber that comes out looking like the same theme or style as like luke skywalker's original saber or uh, obi-wan's or you can pick power and control where that's going to come out looking like more like darth vader's lightsaber and again it's just like the style of those sabers so it's not going to look just like darth vader's and then they have a couple that i don't remember seeing in from the movies um i think it must be extended universe stuff but they have an elemental nature lightsaber um, where it's more like wood themed and at the bottom it is really cool i was kind of tempted uh, at the bottom of it you could add like a ring core tooth to it that was sticking out the bottom hmm. um, okay. the ring core if you think back to return of the jedi remember when they drop luke in the pit and there's a giant monster coming after him yeah that is the ring core And then the last one is protection and defense, which um, looked kind of like, I don't know how to explain it, but kind of angelic. Like if you've ever seen like from like a fantasy novel or anything like that, like a armored angel, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gold and silver. If that makes any sense, that's kind of the theme of that one. So I went peace and justice because I had to go and be on the, the light side, right? Then you go into this workshop and you crowd around this 
table and they're they're there telling you a story and they walk you through building a, a lightsaber you you get to go through and custom build it pick all the pieces that you want and then the last piece that you pick is the kyber crystal which okay. is a little crystal that you put in the lightsaber and that's going to determine what color it is um i went blue and then from there you build your lightsaber and this thing is solid i bet the thing weighs five pounds it's it's solid it's meant to be look like from a movie yeah i gotta say uh at our last uh podcast that we recorded we had some guests and everything there but there is a bunch of us grown men standing around a uh, table when you brought this out that thing is heavy yeah it's awesome i can knock you out with it i can i can lightsaber whip you with that one oh absolutely but the sounds the sounds it makes yeah are just awesome i mean and it comes with a big glass like tube that lights up so it'll light up blue and it's like a bright blue led like it'll light up a room it's yeah it's nice yeah you'd turn down the lights and was showing it and then got all the kids attention and then i think you lost it from there but yeah (laughs) um now when you got home i remember you put it in a special place (laughs) not for very long Connected to Savi's workshop is another shop called Doc Andor's Den of Antiquities. And in there, I was able to buy a little stand for my lightsaber, uh, like a display mount, right? Uh, I got home and I put it on the mantle over the fireplace. I was already warned that I could not put it there, but I just wanted to see how long I could get away with it. Um, I made it a couple hours. I was sending you pictures, and it, it was up there longer than I expected it to. But now it's moved to my office. I have a nice little like floor-to-ceiling shelf that holds all my Star Wars figures, and it's got its little spot right there so I can see it in my office. Yeah, actually, we're recording this from two separate towns, but I'm watching you over video, and I'm looking over your shoulder. I see uh, like a bobblehead stormtrooper. What's that actually called? That actually is a bobblehead up there. Oh, okay. But here, I'll spin you around. This is my Star Wars shelf. Yeah, that is, that's awesome. I'm looking at, there's a lightsaber. Uh, Are those, all those are all characters still in the box. Don't take them out of the box, kids. So once you put that uh, lightsaber up on the uh, mantle and she found it, is that how that you know that that's capable of being a, lightsaber whip did she grab yeah it? i took on some brain damage that day <laughs> i can tell you firsthand that it can survive against my head a couple times yeah i, I can imagine uh, i learned how Teresa manages chaos that day let's talk about shops a little bit there's oh, one yeah, more shop yeah, that i want to talk about um so i kind of mentioned it it was doc on doors uh den of antiquities was the the store connected to the lightsaber workshop as a star wars fan this was the coolest souvenir shop i have ever seen the idea was that everything in this shop was meant to be like movie replicas right you can go in there you can buy all of the legendary uh lightsabers so you can buy ones that are screen accurate for like luke and darth vader and kylo ren and like these are like the screen accurate representations of it they're like 200 dollars lightsabers and you can buy those i was able to get extra kyber crystals for my lightsaber so if i can i want to pull my lightsaber apart and change out the crystal i can make it red or green and then they have little statues and robes and they have just things that you could see throughout the movie the idea of the shop is doc andor is somebody that travels the galaxy and collects these relics and then he opens up these shops where you can buy copies of them basically and in the shops they have paintings too and then what i found out by talking to somebody outside of galaxy's edge because of course in galaxy's edge they can't 
they can't tell me about anything because they're in character. But outside Galaxy's Edge, they're telling me about these paintings. Like they have one painting with Yoda and Luke on Dagobah, like in the Swamp Planet. And then they have one with Darth Vader um, on his planet, uh, Mustafar. And I think there are like two other paintings. And he was telling me that Disney commissioned these paintings. And what <laughs> they did is they went to these artists and they said, all right, well, we want a painting with Luke and Yoda in it. And I want them on Dagobah. And then you need to have these things in the painting. Luke's lantern needs to be in it. Luke's lightsaber needs to be in it. Yoda's staff needs to be in it. And they'd give them these lists of all these things need to be in these paintings. And then all of those things, of course, are for sale in that shop. Hmm. And and the point of that is to see if uh, they can drain you of your money before you get back home. I'm sure everything is. Uh, yeah, that mouse pricey. wants every dollar you have, yes. or every credit you have. <laughs> every credit, yes. The mouse wants your credits. So now with Teresa not being a real Star Wars fan, but going there, what was her overall impressions, would you say, when she's done? I mean, she's ready to go back. She'd do it again? I mean, yeah, she'd go again because she just got to spend the whole day just roasting me. She was making <laughs> fun of me. From the time we got there to the time we went home. And, I mean, to this day, I play with this lightsaber, and she's just ruthlessly making fun of me. But, you know, she honestly enjoyed it. She was... I think she was impressed, you know what I mean? And she had a good time. And it's just so immersive that it's hard not to be impressed. I feel like you go there and not know anything about Star Wars and be impressed by it, just by the level of detail and the care that goes into it. So, I mean, she's she's ready to go back. She and she enjoyed it. And Well, it's a great wife going the first time. Not sure if she would like it or not. But then again, the time before that, when you went to Disney, you hung out with all the princesses and put up with all that, correct? Oh, yeah. Last year, we took the kids to Disney for their first trip, and I got to wait in line and take all the pictures of the princesses and ride the slinky dog rides. So I did my time. I earned this. And I do have to say, as seeing that I can see you as you're talking about this, the, the smile on your face, it was money well spent. I mean... I, I can tell oh, yeah. that you're thoroughly happy with that. Yeah, it's it's weird. I am I'm ready to go right back. Honestly, I I wasn't a huge fan of the new Star Wars movies, and I haven't been into Star Wars like I was a few years ago. I mean, I've always been a fan, but honestly, going to this park made me a bigger Star Wars fan. I think I've watched all the movies again since I've been back. I've I read up on it. Like it, it it's weird. It makes you feel like a kid again and gets you excited about it all again. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, before we close it out, do you have any other tips or tricks or anything that if somebody's going to go, besides take a pocket full of money, what would you want to tell them? Um, so if you're going to go, just dig into any of the planning that goes along with it so that you can take full advantage of it, right? Like, if you go there and you can't ride Rise of the Resistance, it's a bummer. You, you want to make sure that you can make that happen, right? If you have the ability to be able to make a lightsaber you want to get signed up for it like it says the lightsaber building thing they they start taking sign up 60 days in advance so it's the the kind of thing that if if this might be your one shot to go don't miss out on anything so read up on it watch some videos um there are so many videos on youtube that are spoiler free videos but they can help you take advantage of your time there so that you don't waste anything but spoiler free that's kind of cool yeah, there are a lot of them out there. Be careful the YouTube videos you watch, because like for Rise of the Resistance, I saw a 4K first-person perspective start-to-finish video of it, right? Wow. <laughs> um, which for me, since I've been on it, I've I watched it. Like that's cool. Like there are just moments in that ride that are just kind of jaw-dropping, and if you see them coming, it can kind of take away from that. So I would just I'd be careful on that. 
Well, it's awesome. Well, Disney definitely knows how to do it upright, and I think that's uh, that's an awesome thing. Well, to close this out, I can't wait for our next podcast. I know we don't put them out every week, but we get through them, and we get there. We got some coming up. and Yeah, well, now that we uh, can kind of split our studio, maybe we can start doing them more often. Yeah, absolutely. We just came up with today. We're both at our own homes both on separate computers, and we're just going to blend it all together because we do live over an hour away from each other and both very, very busy. But yeah, we can make it happen. I wonder if we'd have enough info to ever do a Star Wars episode, not at odds. Could be. I don't know. We might. (laughs) Hey, Kelly, I think for this episode and talking about Galaxy's Edge, I can say that we are definitely not not at at odds. odds.